Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast. With me today is Aaron Fleming. Muy buenos dias. That's a, that's a lot of buenos dias, Senor Fleming. And of course, Derek Twistek. Hey, hey, hey. That's a lot of hey, 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 Mr. Swistek. <laughs> So today, um, in the next couple of episodes, we're going to talk about group projects. I think one of the things that people think about when they think about collaborative learning are students working together. And from my childhood and from my time in school, and, and probably the same for both of you, that um, this idea of working together really was the group project. Hey, guys, research this. You're going to give a presentation, write a big paper, do you know, make a model, something like that. But as we talked about when we were looking at sort of the individual accountability piece that doesn't always fit with the group project. So I thought um, we could spend a little time seeing how cooperative learning and group projects work together. And I know, Derek, you've, you've done a lot of thinking about this. I have? I mean, I have. <laughs> yeah, we get this question all the time um, during our uh, facilitations. And uh, I think it's, a, it's one that we definitely want to dive into. And I think it, it matters, you know, what, what, we, what, what are we defining as a group project? So I think that's where we start, right? So Aaron, what, what would you say uh, is the most, the question that you get most about group projects? How, would, how do people define group projects these days? Wow, how do people define group projects? That's a really good question. Like, is it a pair? Is it, is it, is it triples? Is it, you know, I sometimes get questions about like, well, when you have six people in a group, you know, and, and, you, and you split up the work evenly, uh, how, you know, how do you, how do you uh, give out a grade for it? Six is pretty big. Wow. Yikes. Um, I don't know that I, I've had that as much as I've had, like, you know, I can think of uh, like in the past, someone's approached me about like a, a in, in a business type class, like that they're having a business team, a mock interview or presentation for a marketing company. And, you know, you've got three, four, maybe five members of that. And, you know, trying to really look at, you know, how to balance, what does each part of the activity mean? And, you know, how does that relate to some sort of interdependence, which it really takes a lot to get into that. But um, I, I think for me, it usually revolves around just the, the, the talk about really what assessment is, and how that factors into the process of cooperative learning. That's where I always go. And then, uh, you know, try to balance it out with, uh, you know, individual, you know, accountability and what that means for assessment too. So it's, uh, it's loaded. There's a lot, lot to it when somebody asks about it. So I, I, I just pulled up a couple of memes about group projects. And uh, so like the first one is uh, this little uh, hangover. And uh, it shows every group project in school you've ever done. And it says one person does 99% of the work. Another person has no idea what's going on the whole time. Another person says they're going to help, but doesn't. And then somebody disappears at the beginning and and shows up at the end. And so these are the things that are in, in the zeitgeist, right? And so how do we try to help teachers navigate that so that we're not just throwing something at kids and making sure that that doesn't happen? that one person feels the need. And it really requires a lot of teacher's role of, of, of building that interdependence and really having good trust 
in group members. You can't just spring a group project on people. And you especially don't want to assess um, for a grade um, how they're doing initially on, on group projects. Like that, that's a recipe probably for disaster and probably sowing a lot of distrust within the classroom, within, within the groups themselves too. Adam, what would you say here? Yeah, absolutely. I think th- those memes are coming from a place of real concern that someone is always inherently going to do more work than everybody else. If there's no cooperative context built, as you said, if that trust isn't there, those groups are, are doomed to fail, especially the, the kind of group project that Aaron was, was describing are the ones that I think we've experienced. These are long-term projects. These are things that happen over the couple of days. There's probably some outside of class responsibility. There's, there's some grand presentation that goes along with that group project. So the longer that there may be less oversight by the teacher and less intervention on the, on the part of the teacher, there's more opportunity for the workload to diverge. And I think that that's where that bad taste in everybody's mouth comes from. Well, I know every year when, when I address parents at that first, you know, open house, meet the teacher night, and I explain, you know, what the philosophy is in, in my classroom. The first question I always ask, and of course in great turn to your neighbor fashion, right, is what's the worst part about working in a group? And <laughs> every single parent, I got stuck doing all work. So, you know, it, it, it's real. That's real. And it's real for a reason. Yeah. I think, I think that really the, the biggest thing that you have to think about when you're assigning things is like, really, do you have enough things to make it so that there really needs to be six people in a group <laughs> or even three people in a group? You know, David Johnson will always talk about how you can't get lost in a pair, um, but you can, um, if somebody takes over the work for it, but it certainly makes it a little bit easier. It, it means that there's going to be a lot more groups for you to watch. It means that there's going to error to, to keep track of. But if you built some really good social skills, if you have good trust, then it's not, you don't need to constantly check in um, with your groups. But, you, you know, you want to you wanna watch a group go downhill really fast, um, start putting grades into a grade book um, that aren't, what kids are, are used to or what they think, and uh, it's going to really go downhill from there. So I would say, I, I try to, to try to emphasize that we want to assess constantly. Um, we want to evaluate, not really at all. That, that's not something that we're putting in, in the grade book. And um, I think that a lot of times when we get, especially in our beginning courses, when we get questions about it, it's more along the lines of how do I evaluate? How do I put grades in the grade book? And make it fair or equitable for everybody. That's a whole different discussion. But how do we how do we make it so that I can defend it? And I, I think it, at least I I don't think you can. Um, I, th- I think you you start running down a, a really slippery slope there, um, and it, it becomes difficult to defend to yourself, to your students, um, to people that are in charge as well of the school to assess constantly. We're looking to look at um, how are how are kids doing? How are they doing academically? How are you doing socially within this group? Our advice, I think, is to keep those groups relatively small so that we can, you know, help to mitigate um, misunderstandings or miscommunications and and really have tasks that really think about positive and that the interdependence. If you're going to have a long-term group project, really think about like, okay, well, why can't one person get this done? Why do we need to sink or swim together? And I think if you don't have that interdependence, it's going to be really difficult to try to, to try to see 
Um, Adam and I, for many, many years, helped to run Science Olympiad. And there is the perfect example of um, things that can't get done <laughs> in a small amount of, in, because of the time factors and because of just the knowledge base that kids might walk into. And so you do need a partner, um, but you're walking into a situation where kids have a tremendous amount of trust. They're choosing to be there. Um, they, they have trust in one another. They have a common goal. Like all, there's some interdependence that's like just built and baked right into it. And then they get to choose from some events. And maybe that's a, a good point too, is that choice becomes a really big factor here um, in that people can choose the, the subject areas or the competitions that they want to compete in. And that way, and it's, it's low pressure, low stakes competition where, you know, you don't even know what you've gotten until way later after the competition's way over. But there, there is a thought process behind the interdependence. You really do need a partner. Somebody needs to be the timer. Somebody really needs to get that thing going. And you got you to build something or you got to come to it and have different knowledge bases of astronomy or biology. And you, maybe you have to build something while you're there. Or you have to design an experiment. You really do need another person. Time is probably one of the worst interdependence um, things. But, but that for, for these particular kids, that actually works pretty well. And I think the examples you're giving highlight the need for formative assessment so that we are doing constant checks, whether it's those academic skills that, that we're stressing or the social skills, that the teacher has to make sure the students are on track, make sure the students are keeping up with their learning, that it's not that passive project where, okay, kids go and do, I'll see what your finished product looks like. It really is guiding them along the way so that when we get to the point of the finished product, we know exactly what those students have been up to where they ran into pitfalls. We, we have such a deep knowledge of our students and that that time where the students are working, it may seem like free time to us, but it's really free that we can spend time where it's needed. We can monitor and intervene. We can see these groups are on track. These groups need a little more of my attention. Wait, you mean I can't just turn them loose after I put them in a group project and sit in the corner and look at my Instagram? Instagram is TikTok, Senor Fleming, TikTok. Now, I think it goes back to a lot of things that we've, you know, we've already talked about. It, the, that assessment piece, it, it's the purposeful walk. It's the, you know, the social skill feedback it is really, you know, that's what we need to give them, that formative assessment just to, just to say, hey, you know, when, you know, today's task was, you know, make sure you're summarizing after anybody provides any sort of idea for your group, summarize make sure you're all on the same page, come to consensus. I'm going to go around and I'm going to say, hey, I heard when I walked by today or when I sat in with you all, I heard great summaries. Uh, here was an opportunity. Maybe you could have done a better summary, but that is way more powerful than trying to finagle some sort of percentage or point grade for an equal amount of a project. I think that's a good place for us to uh, put a pin in it. I think next next week we can probably spend a little bit of time talking about maybe what do those rubrics look like when we do assign those group projects and and how do we know that we're accurately measuring what an individual knows at the end of um, that group experience. But until next week, let's cooperate. Thank you for listening to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Please check out the show notes for all relevant links, including a link to our Twitter account and the Cooperative Learning Institute webpage. This podcast is 
Copyrighted under the Creative Commons License, Copyright 2021. Theme music, courtesy of Jimmy Ryan. <laughs>